touchdown. What a return to the NFL. It's been for him. Three. Didn't get there. Looked like Jamal Adams may have led the charge from his safety position. Two. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. It's out of my control. Um, my spleen at this point is going to do what it's going to do. The most famous spleen in New York continues to take the headlines for the New York Jets. Monday, September 30th, it's episode 12 of the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here, along with Connor Hughes, our Jets reporter here at The Athletic. And Connor, uh, we were hoping for good news coming out of the bye week. We got nothing but bad news today from uh, Gase and company at the Jets complex. Uh, yeah, it, 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 maybe this is why uh, we were joking about this before we started recording the podcast, man. Maybe this is why Vegas favored the bye week over the Jets in week <laughs> three, right? Because uh, there there was just uh, – it was basically negative after negative after negative when, when Gase met the media not too long ago via conference call. I mean, it was – the injury news that, that the team was hoping to have so much positivity from, you know, that, that they were hoping to hear so many good things coming out of the bye week. Uh, they, they basically didn't, they didn't get it. I mean, fans aren't, aren't getting the good news that they were hoping to hear about their team. You know, the banged up jets aside from Demarius Thomas, who the jets are hoping practices a little bit here on, on either Wednesday or Thursday. They're not totally sure when they're going to get him back while he's dealing with that hamstring uh, slash knee issue and and Quinnen Williams, the rookie defensive end, who looks like he will be a full go and and has fully healed from that ankle injury. It's just bad with, with everyone else. I mean, Josh Bellamy, the wide receiver, he's week to week right now with a shoulder issue. He's not coming back. Um, C.J. Mosley dealing with the groin. He doesn't seem like he's going to play. He can run straight forward right now, but hasn't even tried uh, to cut it all with, with that issue, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to do too much of that this week. He's definitely not going to practice on Wednesday. Jets have no idea if he's going to work on Thursday, and if he doesn't work on those two days, he's definitely not going to play against the Eagles uh, and that, that suddenly high-powered rushing attack on Sunday. Then you obviously have an issue with Jordan Jenkins and his calf. He is still week-to-week, and, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back on Sunday against the Eagles. And then the big one, obviously, as you made reference to, which is Sam Darnold, who, who look, I know Gase and, and Darnold and everyone else are still holding out hope that he can potentially play here against the Eagles on Sunday. Read between the lines, man. It, it, it's not going to happen. This guy is not going to play against the Eagles. It would be silly. Uh, it, it would actually be really, really bad if the Jets decided to trot him out there against the Eagles. And I think what, what we've kind of experienced here is the very definition between best case scenario and most likely scenario because – when, when Sam Darnold came down with this mono diagnosis, when 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 doctors kind of realized that that's what this was, this wasn't strep throat, this wasn't the flu, this wasn't him feeling a little off, but it was mono. The absolute best case scenario, and we talked about this when Darnold went down for mono, was that he would be able to return outside of the bye against the Eagles. That that was that 21-day window where if his symptoms had subsided enough, he could return fully, take contact, and see the field. However... That was the best case scenario. That was as if that was if everything went the Jets' way. It was not the most likely scenario because there were so many things that had to happen for Donald to come back. And 
And you've started to see that, right? I mean, Gase wouldn't say it specifically. Sam Darnold wouldn't say it specifically in terms of if his spleen is still swollen. But the fact that he cannot have any contact, what that means is that his spleen is still swollen. Because the only reason why you can't have contact, it's not because your stamina is down. It's not because you're, you don't have your energy back. It's because your spleen is still swollen. And until the spleen completely subsides, he cannot play. And that is the case. What the tests on Monday showed is that there is still some swelling in that spleen which is why Darnold can't get out there. But even considering that, man, look what he can do this week. And while I know the Jets will try to get some more tests done probably before on Wednesday to see if maybe his spleen now has totally gone down in the two days since and then he can get the you know get out there and play. Last week, all he did was walking and bike riding. That's it. He rode a stationary bike and he walked. That's the only exercise. That is the definition of light cardio that Sam Darnold could do. <laughs> this week, he can ramp it up slightly. He can throw a little bit, but he cannot have contact. So you... I mean, if the Jets put this kid out there on Sunday against the Eagles, I mean, they would be doing him a massive disservice with the fact that he hasn't even thrown practice, taken a hit. And you're going to go from all he can do is walk and ride a bike lightly to, oh, go play a football game against a pretty good defense in the Eagles. I mean, they just can't do it. So uh, the Jets were hoping that maybe, that maybe they would get a little luck from the football gods and, and that, you know, after years and years of unanswered prayers, they, they would they would give him something or they would give this team something to look forward to in terms of okay Darnold's fully cleared he can practice this week he can get out there instead what you realize is that this kid's spleen's still swollen he's not ready to be back and uh and it might be another week or two before you really see this kid on the field tell you what I'm going for a walk and hoping to get on the stationary bike later today so there's there you that. go maybe you can play against the Eagles yeah I'm not I'm not planning on playing in an NFL game this weekend though but uh but some light cardio would certainly help yeah that that's very telling and the the lack of straight answers was very telling like you said read between the lines and it's pretty clear uh what's going on here and that opens up all sorts of issues here because this is a team who the backup quarterback and Luke Falk doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy that can be super effective at this point. And they went out and released the other quarterback. So does this mean they're going to have to bring another quarterback in now this week? Do they go to fails again? And how do they get Luke Falk for, to get ready for another NFL game? Yeah, the uh, the Jets pretty much said this was uh, Gase. He said they're going to have to reconsider what, look, the, the Jets were holding out so much hope that, that Darnold was going to be cleared here fully and then he was going to start against the Eagles. I mean, that's why they released fails before the bye. But now that they cut fails before the bye and now Darnold doesn't seem like he's going to receive clearance to be able to play, I think that you're now going to have to basically rethink a lot of things here. And that's what Gase said, is that now they have to basically go back to the drawing board a little bit. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to go find another different backup quarterback to, to play against the, the Eagles. This isn't like they're going to you know suddenly you know have all these massive tryouts and be like, okay, congratulations, you won. Odds are it just means they're going to re-sign David Fails. Fails will again be this team's backup quarterback. It'll be Falcon Fails, and then the Jets will hold out hope that they'll get uh, that they'll get Darnold back there in week in week. Uh, what would we be on here? They would be on week six. Is that when they would get Darnold back after the week five game? So uh, my assumption is that the Jets are probably going to hold out hope here, and that that uh, Darnold clears uh, receives medical clearance before Wednesday. That he'll have another test then. They've basically been doing weekly tests every Monday, so they'll probably add another test in here on Wednesday to see if his spleen has completely gone down in size, and then they'll be able to throw him out there and say, okay, we're good to go. But odds are they'll wait until then and, and then sign David Fails back, and, and it'll be Falcon Fails again uh, against the Eagles, which is, man, I, if you want fantasy football advice, go go pick up the Eagles defense. 
<laughs> Falcon fails famous tandems in uh, in NFL history. Yeah. Um, so they're actually going to test them again Wednesday and actually consider most this likely. Thing yeah, based that's on not confirmed. Results. I don't have that confirmed. Right. Uh, so I don't want to see like oh, pers- you know, Connor Hughes is reporting. No, but look, if they. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we asked uh, Darnold, and I still got to do a little digging to find out if that is actually what's going to happen. Is they're going to test him again on Wednesday? But uh, they, um, what Dar- Darnold said, he goes, "We've been doing tests every single Monday." But the fact that the Jets have not ruled him out yet, and they're still holding out hope, which is what Darnold said and what Gay said, that means they're going to have to test him again to figure out if he can play. And if they're going to test him again, and Gay said, that, and, and Darnold said that if you know he wants to play on Sunday, he's probably going to need a full week, which would mean practicing on Wednesday. Right now, he can't be in practice to get contact or hit or anything like that. So what he would have to do is get another test on Wednesday, most likely, to see if the spleen's down. And if that's the case, then they go. But, you know, this is a really tricky situation for the Jets because they have no idea. This isn't like an ankle injury where they're like, all right, you know what? We'll test him out or a receiver. We're like, you know, we'll test him out. We'll run him on Saturday during the walkthrough and see if he can play. No, like Darnold needs reps in practice to be able to play, especially after not playing the last couple of weeks as a quarterback and, and basically not doing anything the last few weeks. Like he needs to be out there to get practice. But at the same time, the Jets have no idea if he will receive clearance at any point this week to play. So Gase is kind of in a, a juggling things right now. And okay, I have to hold out hope that we'll get Darnold on Sunday, which means, you know, okay, let's, let's try to get him ready to start. But at the same time, if we don't get the clearance from Darnold, we need to also prepare Luke Falk to play and, and Luke Falk to start. So it's really a difficult situation for him. So uh, if I was Gase, what I would do and, 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 what, and, and what I think the Jets should do is that give this thing until Wednesday when the Jets actually have a practice, test Darnold again in the morning. If it's not subsided and if they can't give him full clearance on Wednesday, you say, all right, you know what? You're out. We'll do another test on Monday to see if you're good to go. And we'll just get Falk ready to play against the Eagles because Luke Falk isn't a veteran. He's not Trevor Simeon. He's not Josh McCown. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not Teddy Bridgewater. He's not Chase Daniel or any of these other veteran quarterbacks who have seen action within the last couple of weeks. He's a very, very young player who, as you saw against the Patriots, probably isn't ready to start games in the NFL. So what you're in a situation to do now is you need to get him as prepared as possible. You can't get him as prepared for possible as prepared as possible while also getting Darnold ready. So you got to juggle things right now. You got to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Best case scenario is, or the best decision for the Jets to make is to decide early on Darnold. If he's out, sit him on the side and get Falk ready because he's not someone that can just get ready to go with, you know, half of the practice reps or anything like that. He needs a full week. And that, yeah, this can't, yeah, this can't linger. It can't be a lingering situation. You got to um, call it as it is on Wednesday, move forward and, and get your team ready to go without some hope that maybe our quarterback will uh, miraculously come onto the field on Sunday. That's just not the way we want to go, especially with the, the franchise and the future. This is an 0-3 team. Let's not forget that. What are we playing for really um, at this point? Yes, I guess you try to save your season, but it doesn't seem like they're heading in that direction in any way. Anyway, um, so you look back on last week and the bye week, and they didn't practice. It was a lot of film and all of that stuff. And the other thing that stood out to me from Gay speaking today was he was asked about the offensive line, obviously, which has been a mm-hmm. huge shortcoming on this team. And he said that when they report on Wednesday for practice, Connor, they need to be ready to compete. And that sounds like they need to be ready to compete for their jobs. That's a bit of a change, right, from where this team was with just an offensive line of veterans that were underperforming to now these guys actually needing to perform to keep their starting role? Yeah, look, Gase, Gase essentially locked himself in his office for the entirety of the Jets' bye week. The offensive coaching staff went home. They went to go back to see their families. Uh, they went back to, to take a little mini vacation like a lot of people do on the bye. Not Gase. This, this guy made it his goal 
100% to fix what is wrong with the offensive line because he realizes that no matter what happens at quarterback, no matter who comes back at receiver, no matter what goes on with the defense and all that kinds of stuff, if the offensive line does not get better, this season is over. And he needs to figure out what is A, wrong, and then B, how to fix it. And what he's kind of decided now and what he put everyone on notice by, by letting the media in on his thinking during this conference call Monday is that it is going to be an all-out positional competition at left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. And the best five players, whoever those best five players are, they will be the guys that take the field against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. And remember, they need to make sure that they have the best five on the field against the Eagles. And they need to make sure that they have these problems situated because if they do not, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, two tremendous defensive linemen who I know Fletcher Cox is dealing with a couple injuries over there for the Eagles, but he is still on one leg better than probably 80% of the defensive linemen out there in the NFL. The Jets need to make sure that that offensive line is humming, at least slightly humming. I mean, even if they're running on three cylinders as opposed to four, certainly not six, they've got to be better than what they've been because otherwise Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox will eat this group alive. Sam Darnold, Joe Montana, Luke Falk, David Fields, doesn't matter who's under center. They will be eaten alive by those two if the Jets play like they did the first three games of this season. They have to be better. And Gase's uh, method of fixing all this, it is to change up who's out there because that's the problem right now. He needs to find the best five linemen and not so much the best five linemen from a talent perspective because the the five guys that were on the field weeks one through three, those are the best five linemen that the Jets have. That's not about what Adam Gase needs to find. He needs to find the best five linemen that work together. He needs to find the best combination of five, not the best individuals, the best combination of five. So maybe that means Jonathan Harrison taking over for Khalil at center. Maybe that means a change up at right tackle. Maybe that means a switch up at guard. I don't know, but Gase is clearly going into this week trying to figure it out because he knows this line has to get better or it does not matter what else happens at the, every other position on the field, offense, defense, special teams. If the line doesn't get better, the Jets don't have a shot, and that's what this week's about. It's about fixing that offensive line. He believes he's figured it out during the bye. Now he needs to put it into motion. And it goes back to the preseason, right? Because that's when you're supposed to um, figure all of this out. What's our best offensive line? But they had all the injuries, and Khalil wasn't ready to go, and they weren't able to do it then which means they have to do it now, which is just a terrible situation to be in, but at least they had the early bye week. You said he thinks he figured it out. Does that mean through his watching of film, he has kind of pieced together in his mind which players will go best with which other players along that offensive line? Sort of that news. I think also through watching film, through going over all the blocking schemes, they're seeing exactly what went wrong. I think he's also identified kind of what specifically is the issue and how he thinks he can rectify those issues and change some things up. And, and look, I mean, will it work? You don't know. I mean, I, I look, we, we did, I, I went and I talked to Willie Colon, who's a, a longtime NFL guard for the Steelers and the Jets, uh, now an analyst for SNY and also a host, uh, a podcast host over at Barstool. Uh, Damian Woody, longtime NFL lineman for Jets Patriots, now an analyst over at uh, ESPN. Talked to both those guys last week for a story that we ran on the athletic, basically about what's wrong with the Jets line and how they can fix it. And, and those guys both kind of said that, like, yeah, these problems can be rectified to an extent. I mean, it's not like you're going to have a, a ton more all-pro players walking in the door that are going to rectify a talent potential talent issue. But if these guys really lower, you know, lower their head and, and make it their goal to fix this line, they it, it can be fixed and it can be improved. And certainly by whenever the Jets get get Sam Darnold back, that will also help things. Uh, with that said. 
it's it's not something that's just going to be a week one fix that this is probably going to be something where you see marginal improvement in one week then it gets a little bit better next then it gets a little bit better next and it's going to be built and built and built upon and and in woody now uh cologne was a little more optimistic he was someone who believed this could be fixed a little sooner rather than later Woody didn't believe that you would see incremental improvements until the midway point of the year, which would mean another three, four weeks of dealing with the Jets are dealing with. So uh, if they're watching film, everything like that, man, he believes that he's kind of identified what's wrong and now it's about fixing it. So he, he knows what's wrong. And now this week at practice, it's about figuring out which combination of the five guys is going to be best at, at fixing the issues that are at hand. My assumption is that this means Ryan Khalil's headed to the bench and, and uh, the Jets are going to bring in Jonathan Harrison at center. And I guess Ooh, I mean, that, that's honestly, man, like not to interrupt you, Tim, but but that's kind of a, a pretty damning assessment on, on what's going on with the Jets, because the Jets thought back during the last couple of weeks of training camp that that Harrison was at, at such a point in his playing ability that they needed to sign a guy off the street who had been retired to replace him. So, I mean, now they're they're pretty much going back to where actually, no, the replacement isn't better. Let's just go back to it, it was bad enough in training camp for them to say, let's sign a retired guy. But now it's so bad with the retired guy that they're like, no, we'll deal with how bad it was in training camp. That's not as bad as this. So. Uh, it, it's a this is this is not this is not it's not good it's 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 very much not good it's well, kind of like that that meme where you've got the the mouse or whatever it is drinking coffee while the entire house is on fire and he's like this is fine that is what adam gase is doing right now he's drinking coffee in a burning office saying this is fine <laughs> um and that goes back to the fact that the, the spin when they signed khalil was we got this great center that just happened to have retired that was almost like the spin like he's going to be great yes sure he was retired but he was a great player and we're we got him back he's on board and i mean let's be honest there's a reason guys retire that he was reaching the end the, the skills and then it's tough to to rekindle that flame and go at it again and while it seemed like maybe it was a good idea it clearly wasn't a good idea now it's you said it it's kind of back to plan a when plan a didn't work and it's a it's a bad situation to be in. Have, have we done enough on the offense? Should we switch to the defensive side of the uh, the disaster? Yeah, sure. Not much better there, but yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you mentioned Mosley, probably not likely. Now, he said he feels like he's made a lot of progress. Um, Gase it, says dude, that's he probably... coach speak, though, man. Honestly, yeah, right? Tim, that's such coach speak. Because like he says, I feel like I've made a ton of progress, yada, yada, yada. But then you really start asking him specifics, and you realize that yeah, okay, you, you probably don't feel as bad as when you first start your groin, but there's still a difference between making a lot of progress and seeing time on the field. I mean, this guy has basically done a lot of work on, like, that treadmill. I don't know if you – I don't know the specifics name. It's like the treadmill where there's, like, no grab – like, they kind of strap you in, and from your waist down, you're, like, running underwater or running without yep. gravity. I don't know. It's like that, that special, fancy, super expensive treadmill. That's what he's doing on As far as being outside, he's basically not, done nothing more – then run in a straight line, and he hasn't even tried to cut because he doesn't feel confident in, in himself when he's trying to cut. So that that's a that's a big big ordeal. And again, like this guy needs to feel better in all assets before he, or all aspects before he even considers being on the field. So like I said, he's running straight, but when it comes to cutting, he said on the conference call today when we talked to him, quote, "That's what's up in the air." So this guy, who if you remember how you play linebacker, there is a lot of side to side running. There's a lot of cutting. You're going right. The, the running back cuts in left. You got to plant your foot, go back inside. He hasn't been able to do that yet. He hasn't even been able to try to do that yet. And until he tries to do that, then there's a matter of trying to do it, then getting comfortable doing it, then going back on the field. So I was under the impression that the way that Gase was talking about C.J. Mosley when the Jets broke for their bye uh, a week ago. It sounded very much like he was going to be a full participant when the Jets got back from practice. Instead, listening to Gase talk today, he was very, very, um, he sounded very, very pessimistic 
regarding uh, C.J. Mosley. He sounded very um, like he had calmed quite a bit from from the tone that he had earlier where, oh, we're like, he's going to be back. He'll be good. He'll be good. It sounded very much where he was like, you know what? He's not where we need him to be yet. He still hasn't made the progress we need him to make yet in terms of getting back on the field. So this might be another couple of weeks. And again, when you're dealing with issues like this, this is not like, a, uh, an ankle injury or a deep bruise or, or some of the various other ailments you can get. This is a soft tissue issue with a groin. And when you're dealing with soft tissue issues, I finally got that right as opposed to like stumbling over my words 10 times before saying soft tissue issue because I know I've made that. It tells you the state of the Jets right now that I can now say that tongue twister perfectly fine without even the slightest hiccup, which, you know, welcome to 2019 with the Jets. But so when he's dealing with this soft tissue issue, hell yeah, that's cool. Oh, you did it now. one more time. Nice. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm just rubbing it in now. Now I'm feeling <laughs> cocky. Now I'm cocky. Now I'm now rolling. I'm feeling confident. Well, somebody uh, should be cocky because the Jets aren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? So when you're dealing with this, it, with this, it, it's a it's a situation now, Tim, where you can tweak it so easily when you're back on the field where now it's not a three- or four-week issue, but it's now a three- or four-month issue, and you make the problem worse. So the Jets do need to be very, very careful with Mosley. They're being very careful with Mosley. And while they were optimistic entering the bye that he was going to be able to play against the Eagles, that optimism has clearly soured now that they've exited the bye, and, and it's unclear when they're getting them back. All right, let's throw in some good news. Quinn and Williams is going to be ready to play. Yeah. Are we sure of that? Play. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back. I mean, Gase pretty much said, too, that he was itching to play against the Patriots and thought he was going to be able to play against the Patriots. They were being a little cautious with him, said, you know what, dude, sit down. We'll give you another full week to heal with the bye. Then you'll come back. But, yeah, he'll be good to go against the Eagles, no doubt. And, and I'm sure the Jets will welcome him back with open arms because in his absence – Leonard Williams has been seeing double team after double team after double team. And, and if we know anything about Leonard Williams over his five-year career, he has absolutely no hope of beating that double team. So he's been rendered completely irrelevant. Uh, Henry Anderson hasn't done much uh, this year at all as as well. In fact, he doesn't have a sack after having seven, I believe, he had last year. So he's kind of a little bit of an – that's a little bit of a, a red flag. Although I know the Jets' scheme maybe isn't, isn't freeing him up to, to pressure the quarterback at all. But the fact they gave him this big money contract – and now he hasn't. He doesn't even have a sack this season through three games. That's not a good thing. But getting Quinn and Williams in there will certainly alleviate pressure off those two. Uh, but it's it's a. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of pressure the Jets are putting on a rookie. You know, it usually takes rookies a a little bit to get going, a little bit to get acclimated. And this is a guy in Quinn and Williams who missed time in the off season with an injury, missed time in training camp with an injury, now missed a couple regular season games. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. And and the Jets will certainly throw him in there, but I'm not sure how effective he will be. Teams are supposed to come back from a bye week energized, ready to go, uh, full steam ahead. What do you – when you get in there Wednesday into that locker room and start talking to these guys face-to-face, what do you expect the mood to be like in Florham Park? It's – it's. I don't – talking to Gase today, talking to some of the players, I think it's hard to feel good if you're the Jets right now. And, and the reason that I say that is because you – broke that game against the Patriots after getting your ass kicked pretty good um, is that you broke that game thinking, you know what, this has gone horrible. This has not gone any way like we imagined it, but we are now through it. We we weathered the storm. We're through the first three weeks. We've got our week four bye, and when we come back from the bye, we are going to have Demarius Thomas split wide, which is going to take pressure off Robbie Anderson. We're going to have Quinn and Williams back. We're going to have C.J. Mosley back. We're going to have Sam Darnold back, and in one more week, we'll get Brandon Copeland We'll get uh, Chris Herndon, and suddenly, you know what? We're going to be humming. Gase is going to be in that office fixing the offensive line. So now all of these problems that we've had, with the exception of the cornerback situation, which isn't going to get any better, 
this will be improved. The pass rush will be better now with Quinn and Williams and Brandon Copeland when they get back. The the offensive tack, Demarius Thomas, Chris Herndon, that will help free up Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. Darnold obviously makes everything better as well. We're going to start feeling really good when we exit this by entering week five against the Eagles. Still a couple tough games against Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots, but after that schedule gets so much easier, we've got a chance to right this ship, especially if we can steal one against Philly, who's dealing with all their issues at cornerback. Maybe against the Cowboys, who just showed that when they play some good teams, they are not the same team as the ones that beat up on the Dolphins and some pretty poor, poor team, the Giants with Eli Manning. We're gonna, we could potentially take them. Patriots, probably a loss there, but you know what? One, two wins there against Eagles, Cowboys. Easy schedule. Maybe, maybe this season can get back on track. Instead, if you're the Jets. I mean, what improved? Okay, Quinnen Williams is back. Demarius Thomas is maybe back. But you're still missing Darnold. You're still missing C.J. Mosley. You're still obviously without Herndon and, and Copeland for another week because of their suspensions. The offensive line answer to that is, okay, let's bench some people and change up that. Well, the Jets don't have much depth because Mike McCagden was a, a horrific drafter. I, I don't know how you feel overly positive right now. And, and I don't know how you're going to feel overly positive for the next couple of weeks until... Sam Darnold gets back now maybe week six, maybe week seven is the first game Darnold plays. Do you really want that to be the Patriots or are you going to now sit him until the Dolphins game? So uh, it, it's 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 somber, I, I think, in Florham Park. And I think that you're going to feel some of that in the locker room, that those good feels, that, that we're going to turn the corner, we've got the light at the end of the tunnel, we're going to start rolling. I don't know how you feel that way uh, entering this week after the bye as, as you would have maybe um, – Earlier in the season, if Darnold was back, if Mosley was back, if, if you got some good injury news for that that uh, in insertion of talent, I, I don't know how you feel that good right now. The thing is, you knew it was going to be tough going early in the season, um, and there was going to be a mental battle here before the schedule gets easier late, but you thought you'd be taking steps in the right direction, and you'd see flashes from Darnold playing here in the opening weeks, and, and you would see that the progress had been made, and once the schedule lightens up, we'll be able to do it. But the way this team looks right now, I mean, maybe, I guess they'd be favored against the Dolphins, but what other team, when you look across the NFL landscape, I'm trying to think of teams that this Jets team would be favored against, even with Darnell at quarterback, there's not a lot of them out there. Over these next three, you're saying? Or well, over the, if, the, the entirety of the Well, year. over these next three, maybe they wouldn't even be favored against the Dolphins. But no, they're, no they're, they're not going to be favored against the Birds. They're not going to be favored against the Cowboys. They're definitely not going to be favored against the Patriots. Out of that one, uh, Jack, well, I don't know, man. Not even with the Jaguars Week 8. That Minshew kid is playing some really, really good football. And that Jaguars roster has always just been the, well, what do you have with the quarterback, right? Like, I mean, that's always been the thing with the, right. the, the Jaguars was, well, they need the quarterback. They need the quarterback. They never had it. With Blake Bortles, although obviously he had that one okay season, but they were kind of winning in spite of him, not in spite of him, not because of him. Then they get Nick Foles. Foles goes down. It's like, oh no, here you go again. But no, the the Minshew kids stepped up pretty well, so he's going to be playing some pretty good football. I don't think they'll be favored against them. The Dolphins, I think they'll be favored against. I think that they will definitely be favored against the Dolphins. But then the Giants are playing some pretty good football with with Daniel Jones. You can see how much he's uh, invigorated that roster. I mean, that guy at quarterback. He immediately has just completely changed the offense. I mean, yeah, I watched that game yesterday, the 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 Giants uh, uh, Redskins game before it got out of hand, and then I flipped on the the Patriots Bills and was watching some other games, Chiefs Lions as well. Uh, that offense is entirely different with Daniel Jones under center. I mean, he's running the ball. His mobility they're using is a factor. Is he's not afraid to go deep down the field, which is stretching the defense. And then the Giant, I mean. The Giants defense obviously benefited from the fact the Redskins quarterback situation is abysmal and, and Dwayne Haskins is clearly not ready to play right now. 
Uh, but I have a very hard time believing that they're going to be favored in that game. The Redskins, they'll probably be favored against because the Redskins stink. But the Raiders, Bengals, they won't be favored in either of those games. Dolphins probably be favored. Ravens won't be favored. Steelers won't be favored. Bills won't be favored. So if you're talking about the Jets actually having a game in which they are favored to win, You've got the two Dolphins games and the Redskins, and that's it. So three games the rest of this way where they will be, uh, I would think, expected to win by Vegas terms. And even then, yeah. those lines will probably be pretty close. I mean, three, four-point lines, maybe three and a half. Yeah, and the Redskins is interesting because um, if McCoy comes back and they actually have him to go to and the offensive line gets healthy, who knows? That may actually be a pick So, yeah, yeah, dark times when you look ahead, but this team's going to have to surprise some people if they're going to uh, give any glimmer of hope because at some point – even if this year is lost, you want to start building and making progress towards next year and at least have some some good taste in the mouth of these players and everybody as they turn the page on this season if you can't have a successful season. All right, enough with the Jets and the bye week, Connor. How about your off week? Because mm-hmm. you got to sit back and relax and, and get re-energized for the rest of the go with this Jets team because you're going to have to uh, – to watch it all happen. Yeah. So how are you feeling coming out of the bye week? Uh, uh, Sunday at mom's house? Is that yeah, what went Yeah, down? we talked about it a little bit on uh, on Friday's podcast about how it was, you know, the bye week always, usually whenever the, the Jets are on a bye the last four years, I kind of get home, I get a chance to go home and, and relive football Sunday like I used to uh, when I was a kid, you know, which was, you know, wake up in the morning and, and 11 to 12 o'clock is the ESPN pregame show, 12 to 1 is Fox pregame, then you watch the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock NFL primetime and the night game. Uh, and the way that I've always done it, at least when I was a kid in middle school and then all throughout high school and, and a little bit in college uh, before I went away to Monmouth was, you know, all of my friends came over. So like all like we would have 15, 20 kids at my house in my house in middle school and high school uh, watching the games and, and watching football all the way through. So uh, it's kind of crazy now. And it was really weird um, yesterday to have all of those same friends that I've been friends with for 10 plus years now come over and watch the games. Because two of my best friends, Rodney and Corinne, you know, now have a son, and and my girlfriend and I are his godparents. Yeah. So you know, we had we had uh, you know a toddler running around, and my other friend, coincidentally, is also his name is Connor. Uh, he has a daughter now, so you know, having Caden and Costia running around the house was, was kind of funny, and and you know, it's just a different you know what we're all talking about. We're talking about buying houses now, and and like oh, like yeah, where are you looking? You know, did you get the inspection done? And it's like man, like. You never imagined that, but but it was so cool to be home and, and have that again and experience that again and, and kind of just catch up with some friends that I haven't seen in a bit. And, and then I'm fortunate to still call friends despite the fact that, you know, I met those guys and girls 15-ish years ago and, and we're still, you know, just as close today, if not closer. So uh, I enjoyed it. It was awesome being able to watch it. And there was some good football on too. Like I said, I had the, the Giants-Skins uh, game on there because I was kind of curious what Daniel Jones looked like. But then was uh, my mom has Sunday ticket. So I was flipping between that and then you, know, you put the Bills game on was watching that in the Patriots, which, you know, give the, that, that Patriot offense suddenly looks looks pretty pedestrian ever since those uh, those yep. first three possessions against the, the Jets, actually. You know, they, the Jets kind of put the kibosh on them after those first three touchdown drives, and then the Bills built off that as well. So maybe a little hiccup there in the Evil Empire. Uh, the Chiefs-Lions game was awesome, which I don't know if you saw that, that highlight where uh, Travis Kelsey made the grab and then flipped it to LaShawn McCoy. I thought that was crazy. Four o'clock games kind of flipped between. I don't think there were any two, two great ones there before the Sunday night Cowboys uh, uh, Saints game, which is pretty crazy. The Cowboys team, one that a lot of people thought, oh, maybe Super Bowl contender, undefeated, looking good. They really couldn't. They couldn't score more than twelve points against the Saints starting starting Teddy Bridgewater. So that's a that's a bit of a concern there <laughs> if you're a Cowboy fan. So uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good Sunday. I liked it. A lot of really good food. The wings from the Pickle League. A lot a lot of good eats. Some desserts. Beer, obviously, we had out there, and and then you know to kind of. A uh, couple of that with with good football and friends. I, I I'm certainly refreshed here for 
for the next, uh, what do we got here, 12 weeks or so, 13 weeks left in the season. Yeah, you like to time it a little more in the middle of the season. But the Hughes yeah. football family reunion, good stuff. Yeah, there we go. Make sure you follow Connor on Twitter, Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. Uh, I'm at MLB underscore McMaster. And we will be back later this week. That one available exclusively on The Athletic. So make sure you get your subscription. It's not just about the podcast. Obviously, what The Athletic, how it got on the map was the writing. And you can read all Connor's great stuff as well. So make sure you get your subscription. This episode was free wherever you get your podcast. But if you want all of these podcasts, you have to subscribe. We'll have a full preview of that Eagles game coming up later this week and yet another update on the most famous spleen in New York. Thanks for joining us.